There we go. It'll be out on the podcast tomorrow if you're sent adrift off during the course of this, uh, this chat. Have I got some slides on here? I do, don't I? Ah, oh, cool. Right, nice one. Hello. Hey, oh, that's a bit bright. Let's stand over here. Uh, yeah, so I'm Ken Sims. I'm the host of the VUX World Podcast. Anyone heard the podcast before? Any listeners in here? A few? That's good. Cool, cool. Nice one. Yeah, so um, if you haven't and you feel like you want to check it out, we speak to you know industry thought leaders and practitioners from all over the kind of world, really. And the aim of it really is to cover the practical details of how you create voice experiences. How do you implement a voice strategy? How do you design a voice user interface? And how do you go about implementing some of the technical stuff as well? So we look at the three core things of strategy, design, and development. And it's been going for well over a year now. I don't know how many episodes we've got, but there's, you, know, there's, you couldn't think of a better place to start if, you, if you're just getting into it or you want to learn a bit more. Voice shopping, who has bought, first of all, who's got like an Echo or a Google at home device or some sort of smart speaker? Who uses the voice assistant on the phone? Yeah, okay. Who's ever bought anything using their voice? One, two, no, no, Neely, you almost put your hand up there. <laughs> so, um, Voice change with Michelle. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. It's early days, but I'll talk a little bit about what's happening and why I think that there's going to be something to this. There's a lot of people who show their hands there to actually who use their voice assistant. I think over time the natural progression will be probably the same people who are using a voice assistant now are likely to then shop or at least buy something on there. Um, so. Where did this come from? A while back, uh, probably in February, I was asked to do a piece for the Harvard Business Review, which I was absolutely over the moon with, so I'm going to drop this slide in every slide that I can do. Um, <laughs> any excuse? Yeah, thank you, Ravi. Yeah. So, so what I thought would be interesting is to have a look at how voice will change the way that we shop, and in turn, how it will change the way that businesses sell. Who is here kind of like on behalf of their company, on behalf of your company? Show of hands. Who is here just because they're generally interested in voice. Okay, fair enough then. Um, so, as it stands, there was a story last year, and this is how far voice has come. Last year, the, the best example of voice shopping that I could find was some kid in America had, without their parents knowing about it, ordered 16 cases of ice cream to be delivered to their shop, uh, to their home rather, through uh, their Amazon Alexa device. Um, that was the best example I could find at the very beginning of last year. But things have moved on, so it's not just about buying ice cream and kids trying to get away with buying something off the parents. Uh, at the moment, they reckon that the, uh, this is from OCNC, they reckon that the current voice shopping landscape is worth around about $2 billion. So I use it here and there. I've bought the dog treats and stuff like that. I've reordered filters for this little kind of milk dispenser thing we use for the baby. It's like a coffee machine for, for milk for babies, it's weird. Um, so I have, I have done it, there's, there's, it leaves a bit to be desired sometimes, but it is happening. So at the moment there's some people who are shopping with their voice, and it's around about two billion pounds worth. By 2022, same company, OCNC, think it's gonna be worth around about 22 billion dollars. That's in you know three years time. Juniper reckon that it's actually gonna be double that a year later. So if that if that's actually plays out to be true, then the, the growth is absolutely astronomical. But the broad trend is that more and more people are going to be shopping with their voice. Um, there's, Amazon released some stats in December just gone that said that the shopping on Amazon Alexa has tripled in the last year. So 
they're very clever about not giving any numbers away, so I don't know what it's, what it's tripled from. <laughs> but nonetheless, it has, it, has, it has tripled, apparently, shopping on, on, uh, on Alexa. But it's not all just about the transaction. It's not all about just taking people's money through a voice interface, because uh, this, is, this study was from VoiceBot that found that 40% of Americans that use voice assistants have searched for a product using their voice. So it kind of, it's not just the transaction, it's the research and the, the leading up to the transaction, and there's also ways in which uh, voice can augment the product experience after the purchase as well, which I think you'll probably hear about later on today. Um, so why do we think that voice commerce might increase? Just, you all, you've, most people here have used an assistant or use the assistant on your phone or have a smart speaker. Why do you think that voice shopping might be enticing? Convenience. Convenience? Yeah? Slow down, you're going to take all my slides away from me. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're right, speed, speed is one. Speed is one. Voice, shopping with your voice is faster. So Virgin Trains, last October, I think it was, uh, they released their Virgin Trains Alexa skill. Has anyone ordered a train ticket on Alexa? No. You, well, you can do that now. And uh, their case study said that online, go on. You can go to the Virgin Trains skill, ask it for a train from somewhere to somewhere. It will give you a time and a price, and if you want that ticket, it will book you the ticket, take the payment there and then, and email you the ticket. It takes the average transaction time down from seven minutes online to two minutes on Alexa. So it's quicker to do. The other thing is that it is frictionless. Voice itself is, is far more frictionless than uh, any other interface that, that I've seen yet. Um, designers, who's a designer? Okay, quite a few people. So you'll probably be aware that most of the things that you do if you're designing an app or you're designing a website, you want to remove friction, don't you? You want to kind of bring down all those barriers that are going to get in people's way and interrupt that experience and try and make it as seamless as possible. But when you're designing a website or an app, you probably don't realise that you're actually battling the inherent friction that's built into the device, the phone or the laptop. In order for someone to start your experience that you've created, they need to pull out the phone, you know, unlock it, search for the app or the browser, type in a search term if they go to Google or swipe along all your inventory if they're on the app. And, you know, it's, it's all the point of getting to the app. What happens beforehand is the stuff that you don't see, but it's still friction, still a hassle. With voice, that friction is just completely removed. Um, there's some things around uh, kind of upselling as well. So, for example, if you go into, um, let's say you've got a McDonald's and you order a Big Mac burger, and the person behind the till says, do you want fries with that? Or if they says, do you want to add fries for 50 pence? You might just, 50 pence, yeah, go on then, yeah, and agree to it. Whereas if you order it online, or you go to one of those kiosks and it says fries plus 50 pence, you think you're being kind of upsold, do you know what I mean? You kind of went, no, no, I don't, I don't want to go do anything else that, that I didn't come here to do, so I think so. There's the potential for, uh, you know, for, for the whole experience to be frictionless, but also for there to be further sales or, or additional sales on top, of, um, on top of the initial kind of one. And the other thing is that it converts. So there's not a huge amount of case studies out there, but we're starting to see them and how voice is actually converting uh, browsers into buyers. So, um, this is Nick Schwab, and Nick is the founder of a company called Invoked Apps. And essentially, he created. If you've ever, does anyone listen to the ambient sound skills on Alexa? Does anyone like 
played like thunderstorms. Yeah, thunderstorm sounds or fireside sounds. It sounds really random, but he gets 150,000 users per night. People just trying to get to sleep. They want some ambience on white noise. I've used the white noise of the baby trying to get the baby to sleep. You know what I mean? So, so 150,000 sessions per um, night. The conversion rate from people when he released in-skill purchases, which is the ability to pay for stuff uh, in Alexa, he released in-skill purchases. The conversion rate from people going from free to a trial paid version was two to three percent. The amount of people that converted from the trial to the paid service was 90%. Who builds software? Software as a service, SaaS. Any people from a SaaS company? Yeah. So imagine if everyone who tried your product, 90% of the people that tried the free version ended up paying for the, pro, for the paid for version. It's unheard of, isn't it? It's huge. Um, and I think that's largely because of what we've just seen in terms of the speed and the, and the less friction and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he was recently featured in, what is that, CNN, because he's got a full-time job at Ford, yet his activity is outside of work with invoked apps and these in-skill purchases on his ambient sound skills. He's bought a Tesla, he's bought a house, you know, he's literally, he's making a fortune from it. Um, this is uh, Brooke Hawkins and Bree Glazer. They are from uh, an agency called the Mars Agency in America. And they created this. Has anyone seen this example yet? No. It's called, if you look carefully, there's a little echo here in store. So this is in store. It's a shop called um, Bevmore, I think it's called. Uh, so what they did is they put this uh, echo onto this whiskey shelf, illuminated it all with lights underneath each bottle of whiskey. And what you do is you go into the shop, you stand on this spot, you speak to the echo, and it's talking to you about whiskey and your preferences and giving you background in terms of where the whiskey comes from and do you like kind of like woody taste or do you like it more sweet? And as you're talking to it, the lights start disappearing and going out and it's narrowing down your choice. Hesh at the back there describes it as the uh, take me out of voice. <laughs> no likey, no lighty. Um, and that's essentially, by the end of the conversation, you're left with a few lights on and it makes your, your choice easier. Have you, has anyone heard the paradox of choice? Yeah, is it Barry Schwartz, is that his name, who wrote the book called The Paradox of Choice? Essentially, the theory is that the more choice you're presented with, the harder it is to make a decision. And that you suffer from, regardless of what you end up choosing, you suffer from what's known as something like the opportunity cost. So even though you might have bought a really good whiskey, you can't help but think what it might have been like if you'd have bought the other one. So this helps to reduce that and make the decision-making process easier. This is a child at the moment in five stores in America, and in each one of those five stores, they've seen an upward lift in whiskey sales because of this experience. So there's a bit of a close-up of it there. Um, so it's, it's actually increasing sales, which is, uh, which is a good sign. And then beyond the smart speaker, which we spoke a lot about um, so far, we're seeing a proliferation of voice-enabled devices. Voice isn't a channel as such, it's an interface. So we're seeing anything that can have a speaker and a mic in there, we're starting to see that now. So you've got the Home Hub or the Nest Hub now, which I think they've called it, which I have to grip my teeth every time I say it. Uh, Amazon have got a whole range of display devices now. You know, you've got the Fire Stick TV, the Echo Show 2, the Echo Show 5, which was just announced. Um, In-car voice assistants, every, you know, every um, premium car brand at the moment is, is rolling their cars out with uh, voice assistants built in. The new LG TVs all come with Alexa built in. 
Uh, Amazon are rumoured to be announcing their uh, headphones with Alexa built in. There's already some Bose headphones and some other headphones with Alexa built in. Obviously, the Siri got the AirPods and Microsoft have got some Surface Buds and stuff like that, so of Samsung. And the smartphone as well. So voice is getting into devices where it wasn't previously and it's opening up new environments where people can shop for stuff or research stuff where previously they couldn't. If you were driving, you're cut off more or less from the rest of the world apart from through radio. You know, the only way for any brand to reach anybody in the car is through radio. Now, the more we see voice assistants in the car and coming in earphones and things like that, there's a whole new environment opened up where people are now connected and people can now buy stuff, whether that's premium content or books or whatever it might be. Um, but it doesn't come without its challenges. There's challenges on the retailer side, there's challenges on the uh, consumer side as well. On the retailer side, you've got to decide whether or not you want to hop into bed with Amazon. The best way to do that is the best way to do the, the voice shopping as it stands at the moment is to use Amazon Pay. That's where, the, you know, without doing account linking, you, it's a, the experience is far less friction-filled, more frictionless rather. Um, and so, but you need, to, you need to make a choice whether or not you're happy to pay Amazon the commission to use Amazon Pay, for example, and then potentially, if you want to be cynical about it, Amazon looking at everything that's being bought and using that as insight to create their own Amazon Basics products or whatever, whatever. So there's challenges on the retailer side, and then you've got the GDPR and data side of things as well. And then challenges on the consumer side is, I mentioned about it being frictionless, and it's, you know, it reduces the kind of barrier to entry, but actually it can, there's, there's, there's discoverability problems on the voice assistant platforms as it stands right now. If you want to order, um, I don't know, an item from Argos, for example, you need to know that Argos have a skill on Alexa, and you also need to know that the thing that you're shopping for, Argos actually has. So there's a few kind of hurdles to overcome in terms of discoverability, um, which on the consumer side. But I don't think that the general uh, forecast, I don't know how accurate it is in terms of is it going to be 20 billion in two years time, is it going to be 80 billion in three years time, I don't really know and I don't know whether or not it's going to be a slow growth and I'm not going to stand here and say that voice shopping is without a shadow of a doubt the future and everyone should start doing it right now but it's something that seems to be happening, it seems to be growing and if you look closely there is I think some opportunity there as well. So that's pretty much it for me. Hopefully that was short and sweet. And if you haven't heard the podcast, theux.world, go and check it out. And if you didn't read the uh, article and have a business review, I've kind of skimmed over the top of it there, but it goes into a lot more detail if you want to check that out as well. Thank you. Thank you.